Welcome to PostBurnout.com interviews. My name is Aaron Kavanagh and I'm the website's founder and editor-in-chief. PostBurnout.com is a culture website dedicated to venerating burnt-out artists the world over. Our interviews are mainly recorded to be transcribed, but every now and again we release the audio in a series we call PostBurnout.com interviews. If you enjoy what we do, be sure to subscribe. In this edition of PostBurnout.com interviews, we speak with Irish-Australian soul pop artist Katie. She talks about her latest single, Fickle Friend, her background as a classical musician, the trouble she has had while creating her new EP, Pixels, which is expected next year, residing in Leeds, working with producer Dave Skelton, how her peripatetic nature has influenced her music, the background to her name, and more. Yeah, so um, the first thing I just wanted to ask quite simply was just... um, How'd you kind of get into music yourself? I mean, I assume it'd be kind of at a young age, uh, considering, uh, you know, what you study later on in life. Yeah, I um, I started very young in classical music. So I did um, piano from four <laughs> and violin, but I did give that up uh, later on because um, I really wanted to study classical singing and it, I just didn't have time for loads and loads of instruments at the same time. So I basically did classical music until I was 18 and just kind of, only when I was like 17 started exploring songwriting and that's kind of why I decided to jump into popular music because I just really loved writing music and classical is very much you know perfectionism and uh, (laughs) you know don't really go beyond the lines of the the piece you know so I just to explore that creativity I had to kind of leave classical music behind but I still love it and I still enjoy listening so you know and it definitely gave me a very strong foundation what were you actually listening to yourself then in terms of popular music? In terms of popular music, um, I really love Sammy Ray and the and the Friends um, and kind of similar music to that, which is like a bit funky and some pop. Um, but really, <laughs> it's kind of every week I'm listening to something new. <laughs> but yeah. that is something I return to a lot. Anything that's kind of funk or blues or jazz kind of run into something like that. You know, it's beautiful. Yeah, I think that kind of uh, resonates actually in, in your own music. And yeah, I was, I was like, as some way of foundation in classical music, but also kind of a love and appreciation of uh, of kind of pop and, and jazz and, and, you know, kind of like um, the popular music of the 20th century, let's say. Um, yeah, I was, I was wondering how you kind of like marry those two. Oh, um, I mean, especially when working with other musicians, the classical background is really handy because I can kind of just be like, oh yeah, this diminished chord or go into this or that, you know, if they have a similar background and can understand what I'm on about. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Some people do just train from ear. And so it's a completely different experience working with them, but still very much fun because you just think differently. Um, I, yeah, I just think I understood how music works in kind of like instrument relationships and reading music can be really handy for just learning something quickly and, you know, if if it's transcribed to a different key you're still can use like especially in singing just the same sheet music you know yeah because <laughs> you're not the underlying music so you just change with it <laughs> so when it comes to uh, the actual music the instrumentation of, of your music um yeah i mean do you have like is that, is that fully written by you like that's um um it sometimes depends on the song like i'll definitely have the full structure and chord structure of it that i want but um and in this song, I did actually come up with the bass riff and stuff um, and the chords for the verses and all of that. But um, I think, you know, guitarists will know a bit more of what to do in the guitar than I will because I don't play. So I'm like, you know, this is general chords. 
this is kind of what I'm looking for. And then we just kind of work it out from there and play around with a few different ideas. I really like it to be collaborative. I don't kind of like to be um, leaving no room for their creativity in the process as well. Yeah. Um, is it kind of session musicians you'd be working with or um, is there like a core like band? So there was a core band until very recently. Um, <laughs> people just kind of like that was from university and people have kind of moved away and stuff since then so it's been harder to keep that one alive but for this song that is what I had and we all just kind of jammed in a session and got most of the recordings in that session yeah. so um yeah it's just how it is really <laughs> unfortunately you don't always get to stay together with the ones you like working with so um do you find it easy then to adapt when you have to uh, work with new musicians or you know yeah I I honestly would work with every single person that I could work with yeah because um, everyone's different everyone has new ideas and ways of thinking about the relationship you know of the song and you know even lyrics to music and all of that kind of thing so I just um you know you work with someone new say they're like a jazz pianist they're going to bring a different element into the song than you know like a you know a pop keys guy you know, yeah. so you can just find new sounds and all of that to add into your music. And so if you do branch out, I think it's a bit better, like if you want to explore new sounds and things, you know. And actually, like since you've been, I guess, kind of like hanging around musicians and, and, and working with different musicians, I mean, how do you feel that your, um, I guess, your kind of repertoire has expanded? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, before uni, like because a lot of my experience of different genres and stuff would be from uni because you just like change bands all the time I even did metal for like two weeks oh really it's really not my thing I can't I can't scream or any of that stuff but um, it was still fun for the two weeks to, <laughs> to look at it um but um oh, I've lost my mind I was just remembering that <laughs> it was uh yeah do you find like hanging around with new musicians expand your repertoire absolutely um yeah I've listened to so many different styles of music just from meeting new people and I'm always going you know oh you know what's your favorite band at the moment or because there's so many new people coming up yeah. I mean I'm really bad for just listening to like 20th century music yeah. <laughs> you know and not really exploring so much the new stuff so I actually made a point to do that recently enough and I found loads that I love like Couch, Sammy Ray, um God, I, I could go on, but that would be a very long list, I think, so I'll stop there. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I just think um, I can't help but look at other genres because it all kind of relates to one another anyway. Yeah. Like even metal is actually like, if you just took the chords and not how it's played, like it's a lot of jazz chords are thrown in there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, they, you know explore it all, see what you can take using your own music because at the end of the day you know everyone just does that everything you listen to is in your own music so you know. yeah um let's talk about your new single then uh, fickle friend so i i think it was kind of uh i guess i'd describe it as like a, a plutonic uh breakup song um yeah i mean it's very like there's a lot of like um angst but in a, a kind of delivered in a very like confident and assured way i was wondering maybe if you could talk about it a little yeah um so I'd say it's like kind of a boss energy yeah. you know attitude filled kind of song but with a pop soul beat um 
I actually worked with an amazing producer in Galway called Dave Skelton mm -hmm. and he just was fabulous like I really wanted a live sound for the song and he just understood the whole vision I had and brought it to life which you know I'm really grateful because it's not always that experience with producers but he just yeah. understood it you know and that worked really well um I'd also say yes it's very saucy <laughs> <laughs> especially in the chorus and um you know, I think that's cheeky and infectious and it makes you want to sing along. Um, but yeah, there, there are um, elements of that angst, as you said, you know, it's a mixture of vulnerability and anger and a bit of a, you know, screw it, you know, I'm yeah. done with you kind of song. <laughs> sure. So, um, but I think everyone has that kind of experience in their life and just yeah. singing along makes it, you know, it's just cathartic. Yeah. I felt so much better, you know, even after writing it and then just singing along when I feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like when it comes to sort of translating um, your sort of emotions and your experience into into music, like, do you ever feel, um, I don't know, like, do you, do you feel confident in kind of uh, exposing certain parts of, of how you've been feeling to you know, a public audience, because I mean, like your, your music has been like doing really well. I mean, it's been getting like, you know, um, thousands and thousands of streams and stuff like that. So, you know, people are listening. So do you ever, mm. believe, does that ever factor in when you're like, I'm going to write about this aspect or. Um, I mean, when I was, you know, growing up and stuff, I was very afraid to tell anyone kind of what I was feeling and I was very much reserved and, you know, I was uncomfortable in my own skin and all of that. But, um, you know, moving away from home and exploring all of that, um, you know, I just became comfortable and accepted who I am. And it was kind of that journey. And I, I you know, I want to be able to share it so other people can kind of come to where I am and wanting to share my opinion and telling everyone, you know, I'm always saying, you know, be yourself and unapologetically so, yeah. you know, don't yeah. let people tell you how to be. And Absolutely. if my music can help people do that, then I'm going to be as honest as I can, even if at the time of writing I find it really hard to share you know eventually the song will be finished I'll start thinking about it in a different manner to how I was writing it you know I think in the writing process you're very much this is personal this is this is all me and I you know it's how I express my feelings it's how I get it out yeah so I don't think about other people when I do that I just write it you know Absolutely. and then I'll share it and I'll go I hope other people can you know put their own lives into this song and make it their own and have it be their experience, you know? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Um, I, I didn't really consider it was that like, yeah, when you listen to the song, I mean, I, I think it is, um, it is sort of, it's, it's, it's non, it's specific, but sort of not so much that um, like it's alien to people who might want to sort of uh, put their own life experience onto it. Yeah. I wonder, is that like actually a conscious thing you, when you're writing music to kind of go like, okay, I want to have some room for um, interpretation here in terms of, or maybe not so much interpretation, more so um, uh, one's own life, lived experience to to kind of put on that. Is that something you think about? Mm -hmm. It definitely is because um, like, I don't like to tell people like really what's the meaning behind a song. Like say for this song, I'd be like, um, you know, a close friend broke my trust. You know, yeah. we don't speak anymore and that's sad. That's yeah. how the song came to be. But that's really all the explanation I'm going to give. You right. know, because if you give too many details, then you kind of ruin it. Like I had that happen to me, an artist full on explained the entire song. And then I went, I didn't think that at all. Yeah. You know, and then I couldn't not <laughs> think about it in that way. So I want people to just apply their own meanings, think what they want to think about it and go from there, you know? 
let yeah. them tell me what they think it's about and I'll, <laughs> I'll enjoy hearing all the experiences that they relate to it and how many different meanings can one song have you know yeah absolutely and then I, one other thing I wanted to ask you actually was about um so um if correct me if I'm wrong so um I think you were uh, born in Australia, raised in Ireland, is that correct? And now yeah. live in Leeds. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was wondering, like, how, how does that kind of, like, those different experiences, those different kind of uh, cultures and upbringings kind of um, resonate to your music? Or do you even feel there is much difference between Australia, UK and Ireland? Uh, there's actually, I feel like I would know the Irish and UK cultures a little bit better than I would Australian, just because I was very young when we left and... Um, Although I have visited and I have family and stuff, it's just not the same as being there all the time. You yeah. know, there'll be lingo and slang that I'm like, I don't understand <laughs> what this is. Totally. <laughs> Although I love some of it, like um, your drongo. <laughs> I love it. It's like a great insult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very um, endearing. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, they're very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're kind of mean without being mean. <laughs> uh, which part um, of Australia would that be? Uh, Sydney. Oh, so Sydney. Okay. Yeah. Born in Sydney, and my mum's from Sydney, so I'm full on half and half, you know. Yeah. Um. So, but I would say UK and Irish can be very different. Um. Well, I won't say full on UK because I've only been to England, so I'll say England and Ireland can be very different and similar. Mm -hmm. I feel like because I'm in a home town of like a small village kind of thing, you know, there's a bit of a you'll walk down the street, you'll nod at people, you'll smile, you'll say hello, you know, and then when you go to a city, there's just not really so much that. It's just, sure. I think overall a bit friendlier here. We kind of leave people alone to their own life and kind of get yeah. by and just like be like, oh, how are you? You know, hope you're well, you know, yeah. move on. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think in England, you just kind of go, like it's not everywhere, of course, you know, I'm just comparing a city to a village as well. So it's hard, sure. it's not an equal comparison. Um, Although, you know, the history of what happened in Ireland isn't learnt in England. So sometimes they don't really understand my, why they might get backlash, um, yeah. which I don't like to go into because I'm like, you know, I'm not here to be the historical, uh, you know, I didn't yeah. really study beyond, you know, what I had to. <laughs> but it's just interesting that they don't really know that history. So sometimes I feel like that can come into play without you necessarily wanting it to, you yeah. know, and um I do find that conflict really interesting to also analyze and write about. Like I went up to Derry um, in Northern Ireland and it was just so different yeah. from Dublin and Wicklow. You know, they had um, flags painted on all the curbways and, you know, poles and everything. And I'm going, you know, it doesn't feel as safe. <laughs> you just walk down the street and it's just, you know, one one country under the fly. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. I just... Um, I mean, I actually really enjoyed my time there, but it was very different to what I'm used to. Um, yeah. But that's kind of everywhere. It's all, a whole different culture. And yeah. um, even though they're similar, it's, there's enough differences, you know? Do you think um, those cultural differences uh, in any way kind of um, uh, play, play a part in your art or your artistic outlook or um, which, you know, maybe... I, I know, I mean, everyone's a product of where they're from, you know, and, and everyone's, that's going to influence how we write and how we think about the world and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I was wondering for you, do you, do you um, consciously notice that or do you think it, it doesn't really play that much of a factor at all? Um, I feel like a lot of what I write about can be subconscious. You know, it's, it's at the time, it's not necessarily a thought. And then I look back and I go, oh, you know, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say where I grew up. 
uh, where I've grown up has had a big impact because it's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I'm very descriptive. I like to set the scene and, you know, put people in where I, <laughs> where it happened. Like I have one lyric in a completely different song, which is like, um, like a river flowing backwards. I misdirected. Yeah. Um, which I just really enjoy that kind of imagery thing, which I just think happened because I'm beside mountains and waterfalls and lovely gardens and all that kind of stuff. You know, I see the beauty and I appreciate yeah. it. You know, I like to bring that into my songs as well to just appreciate what's around you, you know. So were you already in Leeds when you uh, started the KE project? Yeah. Um, yeah, Leeds is basically where it happened because I had only really done classical before I moved to Leeds. Um, and I found guys, um, well, musicians that really understood kind of just the journey. Yeah. Exploring all of that and everything. And um, my university was really good because you could just use the studios whenever you wanted. So you could just experiment, you know, and not worry about paying for hours and hours of studio time and not necessarily yeah. have like end result, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, so the facilities at your, at your uni kind of like helped you, um, I guess, like uh, get the kind of project up and running. Like, um, yeah. Do you think like that's um, a benefit that people who do, who maybe study music, uh, I, I like an academic level have over say people who do a, a self-taught mm, um I mean facilities are always a benefit you know you can't deny that um you know if you don't have it you have to buy it and that can get very expensive like you know too quickly in music <laughs> absolutely yeah. you know? um so honestly that was one of the greatest benefits it's also the decision that really made me go over there because yeah. there is BIM here and I thought you know BIM is great but this has floors of practice, yeah. you know, Absolutely. and multiple studios and just so many people in different streams to work with, you know, because I was in popular music, but even in that, you know, you had your rock bands, your metal, your punk, all of that. And then there were also like classical folk songwriting and production stream, you know, so you're actively searching for people to work with. And yeah. it's almost like a mini professional world, but without you know, the pressure or the consequences. So yeah, for totally. me, I find it really beneficial. And, you know, it was my way to go, but you don't necessarily need it if you can do the self-taught thing. You know, I just never did really. Yeah. So it's hard for me to go imagine that path because I've, like I started at four, <laughs> you know, yeah. doing classical music. It's just completely different. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then you were talking also about, uh, you mentioned earlier working with uh, Dave Skelton. Um, yeah, I was wondering how like exactly you saw him out then. Like, was that true? Um, I don't know. Like, was he just someone who you stumbled into, or was he someone that you kind of consciously were aware of and wanted to work with? Or how that? How so that I wasn't out? aware of him um, actually before. I I had um, started searching basically for a new producer um, because I was doing a different. I was doing my EP project in Leeds, but I just wanted something to. <laughs> be a bit more immediate um because that's been taking a while um yeah. just with some delays and things um so I searched for a new producer and I just came across him like really randomly I came across him and I started listening to what he's produced and I was going oh wow like yeah. he's low-key but I'm going you know he's amazing yeah. <laughs> so, and then I just sent the song to him and he came back to me like very quickly and I was going oh love this song you know I can you know certain things that he could see for the song which and I was going that's exactly what I see for it. and it just straight away it was going yeah you know yeah. this one so 
Yeah, and obviously, I mean, like the music you have is like such a full sound. I mean, it's like you have like guitar, bass, drums, obviously, but you also have like sax and keys and, and so on. Yeah, so I mean, like when you're looking for a producer, I imagine like you you want someone who can kind of, um, uh, I guess, really let each instrument shine and kind of come true. And I, I, I think like that's a really big factor to your music is hearing, I, I don't know, it's like, it, it's the kind of specific utilization, I guess, of each instrument, if that makes sense. Like, I think when the saxophone kicks in, for example, like that really changes the dynamic of the song. I think you'd probably want um, a producer who, who appreciates that, who understands that and kind of, um, yeah, adds to it in, in the mix. Um, yeah, I was wondering how, how you felt like um, Dave kind of went about that. Um, I mean, he was great, actually, because I didn't have a keys player at the time. So he was able to find someone that could just, Put it together off by himself and um that was jack uh dugan oh i'll have to i'll get you the name later i'm a terrible yeah, name <laughs> <laughs> so much but his first name was jack anyway yeah. <laughs> uh and he was amazing he did you know multi layers as well and just like kind of the exact sound that i wanted but was yeah. finding hard to be like it's this thing you know and he just did it and i was just yeah. like perfect he understood it you know he just found people that knew what to do and I was going, that's brilliant because I had, um, I did the bass, guitar, sax and drums in Leeds, recorded all that there. And then I did the vocals and keys in Ireland. Yeah. So, um, but you no, know, he just got it. And he honestly brought it to life. I mean, like <laughs> that saxophone, there was a lot of saxophone. It could have turned out very differently. Instead of the guitar solo, there could have been a saxophone solo, you know, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of going through bits and bops and deciding what worked best. Um, and yeah, I love the little sax because it's very brief in the song, but it's just kind of, I feel like it kicks up the sassiness a little bit, you know, it just totally. you know, jumps into that really yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, you mentioned, um, you were mentioning an EP there. Was that the mm -hmm. Pixels EP you're referring to? Or? Yes, Pixels, um, which is either four or five songs. I haven't quite decided yet. Okay. Um, and it's basically, it will be. It's um, too many delays, unfortunately, with ending uni and people going off and all that stuff. So I might have to find some new musicians, unfortunately. I really didn't want to, uh, <laughs> but I think I will just to get it going again. Um, it's kind of pictures of moments in your life, which is why I call it pixels. So you put it all yeah. together, you know, um, because, you know, one of them is called too much a woman. Uh, <laughs> another one is called two minute guy, yeah. uh, <laughs> which I don't think I need to describe that any further for you to get one. That yeah, one. I think I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have another one called phantom love, um, goodbye, farewell. And, um, Oh, I know there's more, but there's so many, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going, you know, how do you release it all without just like offloading all of it onto people? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the, that's the next big project anyway. I might release a single or two before I release that, but um, that's in the works anyway. And hopefully, you know, 2024, I'll be able to get that out. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, if I could just talk a little bit more about Pixels then. So like how, how long is the actual process mean of the, of the production then? Because um. Yeah, like I, I can understand. Like I, I guess you're in the. Would it be fair to say are you still are you in the post production stage now, or are you still in the production stage in some in some respects? Oh God, I mean, there was like a demo um of the whole thing done two years ago, mm -hmm. um which you know that was fine, but I wanted to re-record it because unfortunately it didn't work out with that producer. Okay. Um, 
So decided to re-record the whole thing. Didn't work with the next producer either because he took on the project but didn't have time. Okay. <laughs> so sure. I had to find a new one again. So that's kind of a year of delays all put together. Um, then coming into this year, started re-recording it and everything. Um, so I've, it's like half recorded, you know, yeah. but then people have gone off and disappeared. So I just have to find new musicians. So, you know, because unfortunately, you know, the people that I was working with let me down a little bit. So sure. I just have to find someone else to work with, which to me is fine because, you know, I'll get in, something new into the song that wasn't there before, you yeah. know, and I'll, I'll just keep going. I'd rather look at the positive than all the negatives, because if you do that, you're never going to record the music. You know, you'll be too Absolutely. frustrated and annoyed and all of that. And I love the songs. You know, I think they're really good songs and I just want people to be able to hear them. So that's yeah. why I'm going to 2024, you know, deadline. That's yeah. what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever thought about uh, self-producing? Has that ever been something that you've considered? Um. It's something I want to work towards. I definitely don't have the skills at the moment. I've okay. only just kind of started looking into logic and all that. I mean, I've used it a little bit for kind of writing songs and, you know, like piano ideas, because I struggle sometimes with my ideas kind of going, I can't sing this and play this at the same time when it's all too new, you yeah. know, with different rhythms and all of that. So I'll kind of pop it into logic and then figure out what I want to do on top and all that kind of stuff. So I use it in that way, but it's not... Um, enough for a full song I would say I don't know enough yet but okay. yeah is the key word because I will get there eventually <laughs> <laughs> well um that's perfect I think I've asked everything I, I'd like to ask um yeah is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up or um I don't know I feel like I covered anything um oh well I can say where KT comes from okay it's kind of a funny story <laughs> yeah absolutely good um Basically, I wanted something really personal to me and I was struggling for a long time to find that. So I just started thinking of like nicknames and everything and um, had to think of my dad then because he's like the king of nicknames for me, um, yeah. starting with B-Rat for yeah. like <laughs> under four. And so he's just like very cheekily and lovingly, you know, calling me a brat. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but then I learned to spell. Yeah. <laughs> on and the, the nickname wasn't used so much anymore <laughs> but um you know going from there I was going you know that really brings me back to my foundations and my family you know thinking of these nicknames so yeah. once he started using variations of Caitlin you know you know Kate's and Katie and all that kind of stuff I was like you know that will remind me of where I come from for the whole journey you know be a base something to kind of ground me so mm. I picked KT um, you know, using just the letters because I thought it was fun, <laughs> but yeah. um, it just came from my name basically, which um, isn't as exciting end, but I love the whole journey of finding the name. <laughs> um, actually, one thing I did remember now, I'm just thinking of it now actually, is um, when it came to, when it comes to um, performing your music live compared to say the production thing, um, yeah, I was, I was wondering how, how you feel um, your music translate live and have people been receptive, I mean, in, in the live aspect? Yeah. Um, oh, I feel really bad about this one, but um, I was doing a little charity gig um, a while ago and it was like, it was really low key. Someone was holding the microphone because there oh. was, hand, you know, it was that yeah. low key, but just this poor woman's burst out crying in front of me and I was just going, yeah. 
you know, in, in one way as like a person, I was going, oh no, don't cry. But then as the like performer and songwriter, I was like, yes, you know, <laughs> I got through. It's the ultimate, it's the ultimate compliment. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was actually very honored to have yeah. made her cry. <laughs> but I, I think it's really relatable, my music and especially, you know, Fickle Friend and that with the bit of beat and everything, you know, people yeah. enjoy dancing to it and having fun with it. And um, I really try to get them to sing along. So I'll spend some time kind of teaching, you know, the chorus or something like that, because people want to sing, you know, yeah. they want to be involved in it. They don't just want music at them. They want to be part of the whole thing. So yeah. I focus on that and I think it works anyway. But imagine that's kind of cool, actually, when you, you start doing shows and like people are singing along and you're like, oh, well, you know, people actually are listening to this. It's not just, you know what I mean? And especially, yeah. I, I mean, like in a lot of ways, I think like when you look at, you know, the thousands of streams you've got, like in, in a way, it seems quite abstract when you see like 20,000 or whatever, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We just see a number like that. I think yeah. it's more, um, I don't know. When they do it, yeah. Absolutely, birth. yeah. Um, do, you, do you find that too? Um, I mean, it hasn't happened so much yet, but there's been a moment or two where someone will start singing it and like, I wouldn't have taught that bit and I'm going, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow, you know, I'm, I'm getting through. I'm, people are enjoying <laughs> this and it's not just me thinking that, you know, yeah. they want to listen, they come. Because a lot of stuff I do is kind of, you know, just free gigs or, you know, very low entry fee kind of things, just because mm -hmm. I like to get out as much as I can. So I'm not really concentrating on, you know, headline, headline, headline. I just sure. play as much as I can. And that's the goal because I enjoy it. You know, I want to be out every day if I can be out. <laughs> do you, so. do you um, use live um, sets as a kind of a means of, um, uh, I don't know, tailoring your uh, direction in the sense that you can go like, okay, you know, people seem receptive to this. People seem mm. to just kind of go like, no, I, I, I'm more <laughs> introspective than that. Um. I mean, sometimes order of a set definitely can come from that. Yeah. I think it's uh, annoyingly important in a way. <laughs> no, totally. Because you know? um, definitely like when you have slower songs or sad songs, you know, you need to figure out how to move into and out of it and kind of bring up the mood. And, you know, like I, I enjoy that moment when you can just quiet an entire audience yeah. and like have a pin drop and hear it, you know, for a sad song, you know, that's what I want. But then the next song, you know, I want to be bringing them out of that. You know, I don't want people to just be miserable <laughs> the entire set. So I think it's really important to try out different combinations and see what kind of gets the crowd buzzing the most. Like yeah. when they leave, you know, are they going to chat about it for an hour? You know what I mean? Or is it going to be just like, oh, I'm tired now and I'm a little bit sad, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, yeah, and then and someone who's, who has a kind of consideration like yourself for the lyrics and for the uh, storytelling and also for the, the kind of order like you were talking mm -hmm. about there. Yeah, how do you feel about like now that um, a lot of music has been very, um, it, it's very soundbite-y. It's very like, you know, trying to get a hit on Instagram or trying to get a hit on TikTok or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, how do you feel about yeah. that? Um. I mean, social media is important. You know, it's a really good advertising platform. Um, I feel like I'm not personal enough on it. Um, so maybe that will help out. <laughs> um, I I wasn't a fan of social media previously, but, you know, I started doing it for my music and I am enjoying it more now. But um, yeah. I don't like to write songs for social media I like to write them for me and what I feel and what I've seen and all that kind of thing that's where I come from when I write it but I also understand why doing you know doing it the other way is good because if something you write even just a chorus doesn't really get any good feedback you're kind of going okay well maybe that's not a chorus 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I think it's a really good songwriting tool in a way. You can figure out what works, what won't work, and maybe not invest your money in a song that won't necessarily do well. Sure. Um, so I feel like from a business principle, I like it. And yeah. from a creative one, I prefer my own process off of social media. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. And this, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Was, Me uh, too. <laughs> Thank you. And best Thank of luck you. with whatever you do next. Like, I, I, have, uh, no doubt you'll, I have no doubt you'll uh, do well. <laughs> Thank you very much, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to that episode of postburnout.com interviews. We hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for more.